four nerds in their 30s, each with family and job responsibilities. Time is limited, money is limited, maturity is setting in, but there's always time for a little lunch. Pull up a chair and open up your brown paper bag. Nerd Lunch is beginning now. Hey, everybody. It's the 21st episode of the Nerd Lunch Podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, CT. And I'm not the only one here. Also joining me is a fellow blogger from the Cavalcade of Awesome.net, Paxton Holly. Hello, Pax. What up, CT? Just sitting here trying to hash out my little superhero theme song. And for some reason, no matter how I write it, it always comes out sounding exactly like Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA. And I don't know what to do about that. Maybe I should learn to write music first. Perhaps. And maybe you should stop listening to so many Hannah Montana songs. I will not do that. <laughs> well, there's your problem. <laughs> hey, uh, Pax, it's episode 21. So uh, I've, I'm wondering, maybe we should try and make one of these good for a change. I'm all for that, but I make no promises. <laughs> well, one thing we have in our favor is that we do not have with us Jeej. We are a leg up on this, my friend. That's right. That's right. Because we can say whatever we want about him because he's not on this episode, right? Yeah, because right? I he's, assume uh, he's like I am. If he's not on the show, why would he listen to him? He's not going to listen, no. No. Because he only likes the sound of his own voice. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all of us. Yeah, we only like the sound of Jeej's voice. Of Jeej's voice, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jeej, those of you who uh, are big Jeej fan club members, uh, sorry to tell you he will not be joining us on this episode due to his international travels that he has referred to before. But I, I still request that you listen anyway, because I think we're going to have an exciting episode. But ask me again in an hour. Cue <laughs> <laughs> the sound of tens of iPod buttons pressing stuff. Yeah, it's just people just slamming their iPods down on the on the ground, stomping on them. No, How geez. dare you! <laughs> uh, so anyway, since we have uh, Gigi's chair empty, as well as the uh, usual rotating fourth chair to fill, we decided why not why not fill both chairs. So joining us on this episode are two guests, and you might be familiar with them if you're one of the three people who watched my Nerd Lunch the web series from last year from the blog at girls-gone-geek.com we have with us vanessa hello vanessa hola greetings and erica hello erica hello how are you thank you so much for joining us on this podcast you're You're welcome welcome. (laughs) you said it together you're like we're like one mind yeah nicely nicely synchronized that's what happens when you blog together for two years you just sort of you know there's like a mind meld you're like the borg (laughs) Well, now, uh, as we were talking before, I think uh, probably more people have heard of your blog than of uh, Nerd Lunch. So just on the off chance that that uh, somebody who listens to this podcast has not heard of you, let's just briefly talk about uh, what goes on at girlsgonegeek.com. Well, uh, Girls Gone Geek started, as Vanessa said, two years ago. Uh, we were friends and coworkers and sort of discovered that we both loved comics and we found ourselves spending a lot of time having conversations about comics going to our lcs at lunchtime and you know debating talking about our favorite characters and things and so um eventually the idea came up that we should you know start blogging about them and sharing our opinions with the world and so Vanessa was really the force behind creating it, and it really just uh, took on really took on a life of its own. So it's still um, it's still pretty much our passion project. It's stuff we care about, and fortunately, people uh, like to read that. So here we are. Yeah, now I, I think I've told you before. I think maybe we talked about it when we did the Nerd Lunch the web series. Is that I I think it's very uh, cool because it's very reminiscent of how the Nerd Lunch blog began. It was three friends we had a lot of email discussion and we decided hey why keep this to ourselves let's inflict it upon the world and uh so it's very very similar to that Excellent. it is very similar yeah we had we had many email discussions of many things uh that were sometimes festive and sometimes intense but you know uh we yes we decided to in turn share that with everyone and so far it's working out really well we we have a lot of fun with it and it has opened up some other opportunities and definitely um just been you know so much more than a hobby it like erica says it really is uh our passion no yeah you talked about the opportunities let's talk about that beyond the blog you both do lots of other 
geeky, uh, high-profile geeky things. Let's talk about those. Well, Erica is the resident celebrity um, because she blogs over at CNN. So the, tell them about that. The CNN, right? Not the not like some <laughs> <laughs> pretend Comic CNN. News network. Yeah. <laughs> CNN.net. <laughs> <laughs> Dot info. <laughs> uh, you know, no, that that's um, that's a pretty recent thing. That's been a lot of fun. It's been uh, real, real nice. Sort of an opportunity just to kind of expand on some stuff or do things, you know, in a slightly different format. Um, since they're like a, you know, a, a, a news organization. So they kind of have a different structure to things. So, um, so yeah, there's that. And Vanessa is the rock star podcaster. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I, I'm a recurring visitor. Is that even the right way to say that? Anyways, uh, for stimulatedboredom.com, um, a gentleman by the name of Dana. He's he's had his podcast for for years, and he's got thousands of followers all over the world. And he mostly talks about politics, but he has a geeky side to him. And so he has me come on there and uh, sound off about geeky things. And sometimes we get off on tangents about uh, politics and things like that. And it always gets very festive because because both of us are kind of potty mouths. So it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know we're only like six minutes into this, but which podcast do you enjoy being on more? Uh, that one or, or this one? We have yet to tell. <laughs> you guys just yeah. know that you're being judged. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody to compare us to. Great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I wish Jeej were here. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, speaking of Jeej, so, uh, Jeej and I, as he likes to put it, we're brothers from another mother, and uh, he and I have lots in common, but one of the areas we lack overlap in is comic books, so I grew up a huge comic book fan, but he didn't read any, I think, but like a brief stint of Guy Gardner or something something like really obscure in high school. I think he had a friend who liked comics, and he read like a handful of something like that. Um, so he never really got into comic books, which thus far meant that our episodes have not talked about comics. Uh, so since we have the opportunity of him not being here, we said, let's talk comics. And who better to have here than Vanessa and Erica? Because I think probably the two of you are bigger fans of comics right now than I am. Your blog, you talk about comics all the time. You seem to love comics. I would, am I right there? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of all we do. <laughs> uh, we, both, we both have kids and full-time jobs. And aside from sleeping and a few other necessary things to, you know, function in life, comic books are basically it. Can, can, can you uh, co-sign that one, Erica? Oh, absolutely. They are, uh, they are always, always on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> They're always all over my room. And... Um, <laughs> just kind of everywhere. Uh, my daughter actually, uh, not too long ago, I was bagging and boarding. And so like I pull out my long boxes and I sort of go through them and, you know, put everything in order. And I have a pretty obsessive nature when it comes to it. So I like bag and board them. And a lot of times when I'm doing that, like I'm going back through the comics and looking at the art and the stories and reminiscing. And it's, it usually turns into a three, four hour affair and my back hurts by the end of it. But she comes in and she looks at me and she goes like, mom, you're a hoarder. <laughs> and I was like, uh, that's kind of the point. She said, well, at least you know you have a problem. She's like, that's the first step, you know. And so there's that. I have, I have a lot of comics, and I keep buying them. So, Yeah. Well, so uh, when did you begin reading, Vanessa? When, when, when did you start? Uh, I've actually uh, only started uh, – it was 2006 is when I started reading comics. I had actually not ever read a single comic book prior to that. Um, and I just, I really got obsessed quite quickly. Uh, I, we had several friends, uh, you know, Shag, of course, uh, from, um, once upon a geek.com and firestormfan.com. Uh, he would loan me books and another friend would loan me books and I sort of all of their trades and issues and things. And I got to a point where I read as much as I could borrow. And, uh, then I got a pull list at my local comic shop and it's been like a ongoing thing. Great, I love it. What about you, Erica? When did you begin? Um, I'm a Bronze Age baby. I, I, God, I'm going to date myself. I, <laughs> I started reading. I always like to say I started reading comics during the Carter administration, um, <laughs> and I read them for years. And then I sort of dro- there was a period where I dropped out. I want to say like 80s and most of the 90s. I I kind of got out of it for 
you know, who, who knows what, what reasons. I think I got kind of heavily into other things. And uh, sometime around college, I started to pick them up again. And it, but it really didn't, it really didn't fully blossom again until, uh, honestly, about, about until right before the time that, um, that Vanessa and I met. I mean, I, I was still reading them, but probably not nearly as fervently um, as fervently as I do now. So it's been in and out of my life and always been a, a huge influence on me. But it's really only been recently that I got really back down into the rabbit hole. Gotcha. Hey, now, Pax, uh, what about you? When did you, when did you start? You've, you've been a longtime, lifelong comic reader as well, right? Yeah, I started uh, probably in the early 80s, and uh, I didn't read like titles consecutively. I just picked up heroes I liked and if a cover looked good. And then after Crisis on Infinite Earths is when I really started reading. Like I read Superman and Action Comics and Flash, and uh, I read those all through high school. And uh, somewhere in the middle of college, I stopped reading. But then in around 2000, I uh, started... Uh, 2000, 2003, I started picking up comics again. So I had a dead period there where I wasn't reading anything. And uh, just uh, around the time I moved back down here, I started reading again. So I've been reading for a while, and I've been trying to backlog some of the stuff I missed. Yeah, I uh, I started real young. My dad actually collected comics when he was a kid, and uh, I have several. I still have several of his old comics that uh, he passed along to me. And uh, so I was always around them, and uh, I remember getting a G.I. Joe comic when I was really young. I would have been like five or six. And then uh, Justice League, I started with that around the time I was eight, and I got on board with Superman with John Burns reboot and uh, stayed with comics for quite some time. Um, did when uh, my first child was born, gave them up a lot, a lot of that for uh, monetary reasons, but I still do uh, keep up with what's going on and uh, get trades and, uh, you know, big stories from time to time and uh, keep up with what's going on for sure. Still do love them. Um, so I, have, what, I have a quick, I have a quick yeah. question for Vanessa and Erica. Do you guys, do you guys buy the single issues and read them? Are you trade readers? Uh, uh, we buy single issues. Yeah, there, there are some titles I get in trade, but but the vast majority of the things that I read are are single issue. Me too. Yeah, and, and and as far as trades go, a lot of that stuff, uh, a lot of trades is going back and reading stuff that I might have missed out on. Uh, one trade uh, that I've gotten is uh, Sweet Tooth, and actually I got to the point where I'm all caught up and. The, I think the third trade's coming out in the end of January, and so I picked up the issue which starts the arc for the fourth trade, so I wouldn't have to wait six months because it's really good. <laughs> so I'll be on single issues with that one too. But sometimes I'll go back. Uh, there, you know, there are titles that sort of fall under the radar or something like that, and then you find out that they're great. So I get trades for those things. Yeah. What about you, CT? Uh, I was always a big individual comic book guy. Um, I would I would sometimes pick up trades to fill in comics that I couldn't get the individual issues of for whatever reason. So like I remember the death in the family storyline was hard to get yeah. the Jason Todd storyline. Yeah. So I got that. Um, but eventually I did pick up the single issues on those. Um, so just, I always did prefer those. Um, I'd say now for, for financial reasons and for matters of time and, and that sort of thing, I, I only pick up trades when I pick them up and yeah. I, and I'm kind of, turning my eye towards online comics as well. And I'm looking to see where I go, you know, where that goes and where, where I go with that. So that's kind of almost exactly where I am. Like when I was reading, I was always a big single issue guy. Now that I've gotten back into it, since I'm backfilling a lot of my missed stuff, I tend to read trades pretty much exclusively. And some of the newer stuff that's come out, like some of the new 52 and stuff I've been getting like digital comics and really enjoying that, especially now I just got for Christmas a Nook. So I've been reading um, a lot of the newer stuff on my Nook, which I really enjoy. So it's kind of interesting to be reading comics again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I, and I've gotten the Comixology apps on my iPhone, and so I download like all the free comics every week. And I, and I, you know, I, I do look forward to having an iPad, hopefully soon, and uh, being able to actually read them like on a bigger screen. But... We will see. We will see. 
Well, um, so moving on, I wanted to kind of get into sort of the main crux of the topic for this episode, and I've, I've just sort of called it comic book scenarios, and these are a bunch of just random questions that are comic book themed that I'll just throw out there for uh, for the three of you and uh, see what kind of stories or what kind of um, or discussion we can have about them. And we'll start off with sort of a, what I think is an easy one. It's the first one that I gave you. And uh, Erica, we'll start with you. This is um, this is just sort of what would you do if you had superpowers? So would you would you then go out and save people? Would you try and take over the world? Would you <laughs> kind of go middle of the road? Um, and then another question that I, I I'm going to throw in there too is would you use a secret identity? Ooh, intriguing. Well, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because you know you'd like to say, oh, you know, I would. I'd be out there helping my fellow man. and But, you know, uh, I think I would try to do what I could, but I, I think I'd be discreet about it. I, I don't think I'd want superheroics to take over my life and to become my life because once you, you know, sort of once you start that and you're outed, you know, then, then what do you do? It's like if you don't respond to everything, then you're a jerk. And so I don't know that I would want... Um, I don't know that I would want responsibility that that's that would be that heavy, and I probably would have a secret identity only just because of my family. Um, I think it would be, uh, you know, for security reasons. Uh, I think it would be um, probably inadvisable just to be out as myself. Um, now, there is also an aspect of using it to make my daily life easier. I mean, commuting—if I could fly or had super speed. Uh, Traffic problems solved. So right. teleportation. <laughs> so. Maybe it's teleportation. You know, you yeah. Can... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mind control. Telekinesis. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm 99.9% sure that I would use my powers for good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not above uh, selfish uses of, of power either. Right. So. I mean, I think every so often you got to take advantage of it. You got to, you know, yeah, you're saving the world, but uh, this whole like. Hundred percent selfless thing. I, I think, I think it's okay to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would. Yeah. Well, what about yeah. you, Vanessa? What, what, what were your? Uh, what would be your answer to this? I would definitely use my powers to make my day to day life easier. I would not really save people or take over the world or any of that nonsense. Um, I would just kind of keep to myself and, and use my, my powers for, for personal gain. I mean, without harming other people. Um, and, and maybe because the, the power I've always wanted is, is teleportation. Um, anytime there's that question, like which, what superpower would you want? It is always teleportation because it seems like the most efficient and perfect superpower. Now it's been established that it's completely impossible. And, and so it just doesn't exist, but so do a lot of things in the comic book world. So, um, that goes without I, saying, yeah, a lot of yes. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I would, if, if, if I could teleport, um, I feel like I could get a lot done and I would probably be a bit of a thief, to be quite honest. <laughs> All right. Or All maybe right. I would just borrow things and then give them back when I was done with them. You know, borrow really nice things. Yeah. As someone who has just told you I have lots of comic books, I am not going to tell you where I live. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth. <laughs> All right, Pax, so what about you? Are you, uh, you're the one who takes over the world, aren't you? Yeah. You know, I thought about that, but I just thought, man, it's just a lot of work. So, <laughs> it is still a lot of work. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think Vanessa has the right idea. It's like, it's totally, uh, I would make my day-to-day life easier. Teleport to work, use my heat vision to heat up my lean cuisine, uh, take the last soda. If it's warm, I just use my breath to make it cold again. I mean, just simple stuff like that. I mean, I don't feel like messing around like flying up to new york and roughing up some occupy wall street people i don't i don't want to do that i just want to live my life so i'd I'd totally stay low and just use my stuff to make my own life easier yeah i mean i guess some of it depends on kind of what powers you had if you just had like a simple power you know if it's just super breath or if it's just heat vision or something like you know that doesn't necessarily give you opportunity to go out and save people and if you think about it we're not really like in our day-to-day lives, we're not faced with situations where we're having to save people, but we can't because we don't have superpowers. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I mean, I think there is a, an aspect of if we had powers, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna use them to make our day-to-day easier. 
That said, if I had like a Green Lantern ring or I had all the powers of Superman, I mean that might be I might feel a little more of the burden of doing more with that. Personally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd feel bad, but I'd be like, you know. <laughs> I feel bad, but sorry, rest of the world. Sorry, you know, I got stuff to do. All right. Well, um, let's talk about sidekicks real quick. Would you would you be open to a sidekick then, Pax? And if so, let's talk about which sidekick in you know existing sidekick that you know Marvel, DC, or anywhere else. Who would be the template or the person you would want as your sidekick? I would be open to a sidekick. Um, being a big uh, Flash fan in the eighties, um, came up with Kid Flash, and I was a huge fan of Kid Flash, especially after his costume changed to the red and the red top and yellow bottoms. And uh, so I, I like the idea of that. I mean, <laughs> when you get into the seventies, the uh, sidekicks were a little creepier, so. Um, I like it in the 80s and 90s. The sidekicks seem a little bit more ticket, a little bit more seriously. So, yes, I'd be up for a sidekick. And if I had to pick, I would either pick, like I said, the Wally West Kid Flash, or I would pick the Dick Grayson Robin as my sidekick. Okay. All right. Erica, let's go back to you. Well, um, in terms of being open, <laughs> in a perfect imaginary world, I'd have no sidekick because I have kids and they just kind of slow everything down. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> like, you know, constantly redirect them. Um, and this is kind of obvious, but uh, Robin came to mind. But then I thought, well, which one? You know, da- Damien would be utterly impossible and that would be a nightmare. So if I were to go with a Robin, it would probably be uh, it probably it would probably be uh, Tim Drake as Robin. Um, real smart, self-directed, doesn't need a lot of hand-holding, good detective. I think I'd have to go with him. Excellent choice and my choice as well. Awesome. That is an excellent choice. Also, I, I would like to say that I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Vanessa can predict some of my answers to these questions. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. The next question I'll ask for you. I'll ask Vanessa to answer for Erica, and Erica to answer for Vanessa. Uh, well, Vanessa, what, what about you? Are you open to a sidekick? Uh, well, I, I'm kind of an independent person, and I get really, really bitchy uh, when I have, like, you know, someone there, like, as a sidekick. But So, uh, Erica, you know, don't take offense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, if it was a good sidekick, you know, it might work out. And so I was going through my mind and thinking uh, just over the sidekicks and I've never really been a fan of a lot of the sidekicks. Um, I know that Robins are cool and stuff, but I don't have a particular, you know, liking for them, but it did after a while. Um, I thought of, um, Mulan Kato. She, uh, who's the current incarnation of Kato in, uh, Kevin Smith's, uh, Green Hornet. And I read that for a little while. Um, I don't still read it, but uh, she was pretty awesome. She didn't talk a lot, and she really kicks ass. So I think that I could roll with her. I didn't even think of Kato. As a, that's a great, yeah, great yeah. example. That is a good one. You might have, you might have trumped everybody with Kato. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Score one Thinking outside me. of the box on that one, yeah. Pretty much. I try. All right. Um, so one of my biggest gripes with comics personally is the uh the how comic book characters are perpetually coming back to life and this is one of these things where anymore like marvel will announce we're gonna we're gonna kill off johnny storm and you no one takes it seriously because you know (laughs) in a year oh look issue 500 is due in a year so that means johnny storm will be back um and we were right uh, so that happens perpetually. You know, they'll kill off somebody and they come back. So there's there's no meaning in uh, for death in comic book character in a comic book reality. Um, but let's say you got to choose a character that would be killed and they would never come back. So they would sort of be the uh, the Uncle Ben, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Um, and Vanessa, we'll go back to you. Who who do you give that final stay dead kill shot to? Okay, I just want to see. Erica, do you know who I would kill and never let come back to life? Mm, I can think of a couple of characters <laughs> you would kill. But I want to hear your answer. Okay, it would be Green Arrow, hands oh down. God, kill him dead. Do it. 
<laughs> green Arrow. So Oliver Queen, we're just specified. So not the Connor Hawk Green Arrow, but the correct. Uh, I am talking about Oliver Queen. Make him dead. Make him go away. Comic book version, not Smallville version, because that guy's awesome. I am strictly talking about the one in the comic books. He needs to go away. I hate that guy. With, <laughs> with the Robin Hood motif and the funny mustache and goatee and everything. There's just zero interesting about him. Also, he was a shitty husband. Yes, I will co-sign that. Yeah. I I won't, you know, here's the thing. I won't defend Green Arrow. He wouldn't be my choice, but I won't I won't defend him. Like if you uh if you were to kill him, that I, I would I would be fine. Yeah, and he's a uh, for some reason he's a big deal. So, you know, it would it would be uh, you know, it could sell a lot of books or something. So, I think it's a good idea. Okay. Huh. Uh Pax, you all right with Green Arrow? Go, yeah, go yeah I have no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> what about you? Who who do you give that uh, that permanent bullet to? Um, this one was a tough one, actually. Um, there's one, and I hate to even say this, but I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say it because it's it's actually my favorite character, Barry Allen. Um, I was kind of upset they brought him back in the first place, and he's still around now. And it just kind of and there were some good stories. Jeff Johns wrote a great Flash Rebirth, and I mean that was all awesome and everything. But I kind of wished um, he had stayed dead after he died, saving the universe in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they just kept it at that. And that was his sacrifice, and that's what he did. And I wanted it to stay that way. So I'm kind of mad they brought him back. So I want him to go back to dead. Huh. That's actually an interesting way of answering the question because uh, I think like the way I would answer it and the way Vanessa did is like, who is that character Someone. you never want to see again? But yeah, exactly. But yours is like, who had, who had this like really honorable death and that was ruined by bringing back. Yeah. Cause I feel stronger about that than I do. Like I could, could have picked a character I hate and one out. Okay. On the other side of that coin. So if you want me to just pick someone, I don't ever care to ever see again in comics uh, gambit. Yeah. Would be would be would be dead. But I feel stronger about the Barry Allen than I do uh Gambit. No, that's a good way of answering that. It actually make me kinda of want to change my answer too. <laughs> All right, Erica, what about you? Jason Todd. Jason Todd. I, yeah. <laughs> I uh that was just such a powerful moment in comics and ever since I've been ever since he came back I've been talking myself down about, you know, letting it go. Uh, but uh, but every time I think about it, I just can't help but think, you know, how cheap and unnecessary that was. It really took the power of that away. Um, so I really, I, I still, I mean, he's been back for years, but I still have a problem with him um, being among the living and being Red Hood. So, yeah, I, that's my pick. I agree with that, although I did like that uh, Batman uh under the Red Hood movie? The movie was the movie was really good. And the one of the things that worked for me about that movie is it it had an it had an ending, but as an he the problem is in, in comics, you know, he's an ongoing character. Right, I mean right. a movie is just like the two hours and, and that was very cool dealing with Batman's guilt and, you know, sort of Jason's daddy issues. I liked that a lot more than I thought I would, but in terms of him being an ongoing character in the comics, I really I I'm, I haven't taken that very well. No, I agree. And and, a, and some of the stories that I've read since then, because uh, you know, like I said, I I have kept up with things and read read trades and stuff. And every time he shows up, like I just I don't I don't like him as a character. I feel like he's really one dimensional. And he's just like uh, angry because I was killed, but I'm back. And I'm I mean, I just don't really get his motivation. Yeah. No, I'd say you're, I'd say you're dead on. And I sort of feel like, well, the angry role has now been filled by Damien, so you really don't need to be here. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I guess I have to say, as a huge Tim Drake fan, I'm not a big fan of Damien, personally. But Oh, man, I love Damien. I mean, he's a little psychopath. I just think he's very... <laughs> he's just such an interesting character. I mean, you know, there's no denying that he's polarizing, but uh, but I, I, I kind of love the little bastard. <laughs> Well, you can love him for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I can. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's go slightly different question. Now, um, this is one of these things where um, 
I've noticed as as a person who has grown up reading comics that I've always had an interest in wanting to create them, wanting to be involved uh, in that process. I, uh, you know, I tried at various phases in my life and uh, rather unsuccessfully. That's okay. Still <laughs> um, so I think I feel like a lot of people I know have that desire of wanting to have have some role in creation of comics, and so. Uh, first off, is that something that, that the three of you share as well? And if so, what would be your preference, to write comics or to be able to draw comics? And uh, Vanessa, we'll go back to you. I would love, it's a tough question, but I would love to draw comics. Um, I mean, I spend you know my spare time writing, uh, but I really think that, uh, and my my favorite thing about comics is the art. And so I would love to be able to create something as, as fantastic as, you know, some of the sequential art that, that, you know, some artists do. So I, I'd, I'd love it. I also think that it would be, you know, kind of uh, meditative to just kind of sit there and zone out and draw. And, and um, that's something that I'd love to love to do, but I'm not a very good drawer. <laughs> so so. It, yeah, I take like, being granted a wish or something, I think. Like I, I think so, or some very, very diligent practice. <laughs> you know, we're talking like you know, hardcore, uh, four hours a night practice for I don't know, a couple years or something. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I am either. Uh, too busy podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, what about you? Well, I drew a lot when I was a kid. Um, I'm not saying that I was great at it but it's pretty decent and I taught myself to draw by reading comic books and I would have to say illustrating because I think you know the right artist can make even a mediocre book seem uh, amazing um, I was thinking specifically a couple of years ago there was this really bad um, green arrow uh, black canary book but Cliff Chang his artwork that, I think that was the first time I really took notice of his art and it was so good that I just kept getting it, even though I didn't like the writing or the story much at all. I just liked to look at what he did visually with that book. And um, and I guess like since I write for a living, it would be fun to have the superpowers of an illustrator because I think when someone's really good, it really is a superpower. I mean, what Chris Somney does and Fiona Staples does and you know many, many other artists I could name. I mean, that's a phenomenal talent. Uh, you kind of bring up a sort of a point there about like there's a lot of comics that I will admit that I continue to pick up solely because of the art or even at times solely because of the cover art. I mean, that, that there was a time where I was picking up Wonder Woman comics just because of the Adam Hughes covers. Oh, and, yeah. and I don't think there's for me, even though I do like certain writers, if the artist is bad, I'll have a harder time picking up the book continually uh, and getting through that art. Uh, but where the you know the opposite's true. Like I'll get I'll tough through some pretty bad stories if the art's great. Yeah, I think I can I can um, agree with that to a certain extent. Um, yeah, no, actually, I've 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 braved some stories for some excellent art, <laughs> and you know kept purchasing a book uh, because the art was was fantastic uh, for one reason or another. Um, but luckily, you know, recently, you know, we've got a lot of really great art out there that is also coupled with some phenomenal stories. Some titles that I can think immediately is uh, Batwoman, obviously, um, Uncanny X-Force, um, Wonder Woman. So those are like three books that come to mind that have like excellent art and excellent story. Well, kind of sure, got yeah. on a tangent there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the, uh, the ideal is that both are good, but yeah, it doesn't always. I can't, I can't think of anything recently where the art was so good and the story was poor. Um, it's usually both or something. Well, I know Frankenstein, actually, a lot of people have griped about the art on that book. I actually enjoy it, uh, but the story is quite good. Uh, but some people can't, can't deal with the art because it's very sort of uh, rough and, I don't know, um, kind of chaotic. Yeah, and sometimes there's, there's a style preference or, or something like that. Like, yeah, it's too stylized for some people. Yeah. Uh, Pax, what about you? Would you want to write or draw or letter? Would you be able to letter um. <laughs> or inker, I could be a tracer. <laughs> um, actually, well, when, when I first started reading, I wanted to be, I wanted to be an artist. Like, and like uh, Erica said, like 
I learned to draw from comics, especially the DC who's who in the DC universe from 86, I think it was. Yep. I had that whole run, and I think I still have it in my garage over there. And that was great for learning how to draw. And my friend Steve and I actually had our own comics. We drew ser- our own series of comics. Um, he was like Marvel, and I was like DC. And, and we did it for like a year or two, and, um, and that's what I wanted to be. And then uh, I even have – I still have my copy of uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way by uh, Stan Lee and John Basima. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was big into that. And then when I got back into it now, like I love the artwork, and I, I totally appreciate guys like um, like you guys said, Cliff Chang and Jim Lee is amazing and Francis Manipole and stuff like that. And uh, I, I realize, though, I can't do that. So um, there's no way I'm even going to come close to that. So, but I feel like I, now that, you know, I write the blog and I've been doing a lot of writing and I feel like I could actually do that. So if, if I have to pick, I mean, I love the art and I still have that appreciation, but I would want to be a writer because I just think it would be cool crafting the plots and story arcs for my favorite heroes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough choice. Um, Since I can do neither effectively. I think I would ultimately choose uh, writing myself. So, but it would be cool to like be able to draw, even if you know, like just just being able to have that talent to uh, to sit there and you know do it for a living, but then like go to a party or something and just start like sitting in a corner and drawing pictures of whatever was there and being sort of this like I don't know event or this person at this party who's doing all you know this this crazy thing that no one else does. Uh, yeah, I think just start cool. drawing like. Kirby splash pages. They're like, here you go. Here, here you go. Here I drew you. <laughs> <laughs> I drew you. Here. Here's you jumping through a skylight. Enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Well, it's vacation time, and we have a special. Uh, we have. We're gonna get uh, Jay from uh, the sexy armpit. We're gonna get his uh, <laughs> spaceship back, and uh, he's gonna loan it to us, and we're gonna use it to be able to travel to any comic book planet you want, and uh, you get to spend a week's vacation there. Uh, Erica, where do you go? Well, this might sound really boring in a way, but, you know, I'd kind of love to visit 31st Century Earth, all of the Legion of Superheroes. I mean, I know that's the planet that we're on, um, but I'd like to see what it would look like in that time period. I mean, I don't know a ton about Legion, but whenever I, you know, see them or read those comics, I'm sort of, you know, fascinated by the whole futuristic angle. So, um, does that count your own planet? I'll have to uh, check with uh, Jay and see if his spaceship <laughs> does time travel. But until we know for sure, we'll go ahead and accept that answer. Okay. Because also, you could come back with a flight ring. That's true. I absolutely could do that. Well, if that doesn't count, then I'd have to go with Oa. <laughs> oh, good. All right, Oa. Uh, well, Pax, you, you made a little noise there, so you go next. <laughs> yeah, um, well, like, uh, I went back to um, mid '80s DC, back to their before the crisis when they still had multiple Earths, and uh, the one for a vacation that I wanted to go to would it be uh, Earth C, which was the animal, anamorphic animal, the Captain Carrot uh, one, Captain Carrot, and uh, <laughs> the Zoo Crew planet is the one I wanted to go to. That's who I. That's what I picked as my main one. I just I enjoyed that that series. It was kind of goofy and fun, and it was just fun to read. And uh, I think that would be a fun vacation place. That would be an amazing planet to visit. Yeah. All right, Vanessa, where do you go? I want to go to Mogo. Mogo. I know that Mogo <laughs> is dead, but when he was alive, I would have liked to have gone there, and you know, got up on his whole like you know therapeutic thing that he does, and you know, chill out in peace and. You know, yeah, I want to. I want to go to Mogo. Yeah, would he allow that? Is that uh... <laughs> is that allowed? Well, well, this relates to one of your other questions, if I may. Yes. Um, which is, if you were going to be a lantern, which kind of lantern would you be? And I most certainly would be a green lantern because I am more disturbant, or determined, or um, stubborn than anybody I know. Um, so therefore. I would be picked as a Green Lantern, and I could then go to Mogo. Okay. Huh. There you go. You, you tied two questions together. That's awesome. Very <laughs> nicely done. And you skipped over me answering that question. And that, was, <laughs> that, was, uh, that way no one ever has to know that I want to visit Apocalypse. You do? No. Wow. I'm just For a vacation? <laughs> <laughs> really? 
I hear the spas are really nice on Apocalypse. <laughs> Fighting lessons from the female furies? I don't know. A lava bath? Uh, ego? Would an ego? He'd be fun to li- live on, or uh, to vacation too, right? Uh, no, I think uh, actually a new Genesis might be fun to go to. It would be fun. Just for a vacation, though. Just for a vacation. All right, well, since you brought up the lanterns, Vanessa, uh, Green Lantern is what you'll be the green. And at, so uh, before we get into this, remind us, can you, can you tell us the different colors and what they mean for those who yes. are listening and don't, uh, don't know? Yes, I can. All right. Okay, we'll start with green, the original, um, which is for willpower. Uh, then there's yellow, which is fear. There is red, uh, which is for rage. Uh, orange is for greed or avarice. Um, blue is for hope and indigo is for compassion and then violet or pink is for love. Okay. Oh, and then there's the white and the black. White is life. Black is death. There you go. Okay. So is white a combination of all of them at all? Or is there some sort of way that they're all combined? What was it? Uh, they explained it. It was all very, um. Uh, very biblical uh the how they explained how the white lantern works but it's like it's it, it i don't i don't know if it's the original light um but it is the, i don't know i don't remember jeff johns and his story it's sort of just left my mind that well, they, they explained it all in the final issue of blackest night but i just don't remember that's right we'll have jeff johns on next week no. and we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll clear this right now. yeah it's fine <laughs> okay so uh so erica then which lantern uh would you be I'd have to go with blue. There's just something wonderful about the idea of hope um, that just fills me with optimism. So, and I'm I'm usually not given to optimism. So, I think that's the one I'd like to have. And that's perfect because we're partners, Erica. And that's blue great. needs the green light to work. So there, yeah, there we go. We're like a perfect team. Yay! <laughs> well, that worked out nicely. Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> it's almost like that uh, personality test episode we did. It's like yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pax, what color then ring are you? Uh, I don't know. Is there is there a ring for apathy? Uh, <laughs> no, because that would probably be the like closest. Chartreuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, beige. It'd probably be beige. <laughs> Tan. <laughs> Didn't bother being a color. Um, I don't know. I probably uh, seriously I picked blue because I also like the idea of the hope and Flash was a blue lantern and uh, that that was my favorite. Um, and, and I also kind of like the Black Lanterns, too, but I don't know if I'd want to be one of those guys. I don't want you to be one of those guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, I guess it's tough for me to choose. I mean, I think there's different aspects. You know, we all have different aspects of all of them. I mean, there's, yeah, obviously I'd want to be a Green Lantern because that's the, the one I'd want to be. Uh, and I think I am pretty stubborn and have lots of willpower. Uh, so I think there's an aspect of that that uh, I could uh, tap into, but... Uh, I, I can also kind of work up a bit of an anger or two, so I I might have a might have a little bit of red lantern in me as well. So watch it. <laughs> Make him angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm gonna make All right. Uh, as if being on this podcast isn't fun enough, you now have the opportunity to spend an evening with one comic book character. Who do you choose? And uh, and if you have an idea, what do you do? Packs. Um. Oh, and what do we do? Okay. Well, you don't. Okay. Um, or if you don't have an idea. Well, no, no. I, I, I was like, threw me for a loop there. Um, I don't know. I, I picked a couple. Um, uh, like a boy version and a girl version because I didn't know if this was like we're going on a date or are we going to hang out. Um. So, <laughs> so I, I would for sure if we were like harkening back to our crushes episode or what, but uh. The the boys the boys I picked I think would be the coolest to hang out with would either be Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark. Um, and what would we do? I don't know. I'd go visit the Batcave or Stark Industries. Maybe get a suit of my own. Um, I would take all of their money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for the girls, I picked either Emma Frost or Selena Kyle. And uh, I'm not sure what. Well. A couple of ideas of what we probably do. The January Jones version of Emma Frost as well. Not, right? not the January Jones. <laughs> not the January Jones. She was terrible. <laughs> yes, she was. Okay. Erico, who who do you choose? Am I married in this scenario? Uh, you can it's your scenario, so you can uh 
you can choose. You can frame the scenario however you want. Well, I, I have sort of a boy-girl answer, too. Um, I would really love to spend an evening hanging out with, with Wonder Woman, if, if for no other reason but just to see how people react to her. Because I've learned that magical things happen when you hang out with beautiful people. It's like restaurant service is better. People <laughs> appear out of nowhere to open the door for you. And so you benefit by default. So so that would that would make an amazing evening. And But, but in all seriousness, I'd love... Um, I'd love her to give me a tour of uh, the mascara. I think that would be pretty amazing. Um, I think it would just be really beautiful and, um, you know, sort of benefiting from her wisdom and just to see what she's really like. So um, that's my lady answer. And other answers, Nightwing and like Pax, I'm just going to trail off. And <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the. I, I, that's exactly the reason I'd want to spend uh, an evening with Wonder Woman. It's just because of the all the great things that would happen. That's 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 the reason. Fill in the blanks, Vanessa. Okay, so this one was really hard for me to answer. Um, so I'll be quick, but I have Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if I could kill him. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So first I thought I would love to hang out with Starling. She's in the new Birds of Prey and she's real spunky and just awesome. And I would love to like go out in Gotham and have a girls' night with her. And it was that would that would be so much fun. I also feel like I would love to get fighting lessons from Lady Shiva. You know, she respected me enough not to kill me. <laughs> in or, your scenario she would respect you. Yes, in the scenario, she would respect me, she would deem me worthy, and she would be my sensei for the night, if I only have a night. Um, and then I would learn how to be, like, an awesome assassin. Uh, or, or, and these are all equally uh, desirable to me. And the, the third one is to spend an evening um, in, like, a quiet restaurant or, like, um, you know, pub, uh, listening to Elijah Snow tell stories about all of the esoteric and weird things that happened in, you know, his hundred years or whatever. I think that that would be pretty stellar. So there's, there's those three things and I don't know which one, but any of those would work. You say, you said Elijah Snow for that last one? Yeah. Elijah Snow. That's a great choice. Yeah. I would love to hear his stories because planetary is awesome. And you know, the whole space archeology span thing, and it's just like so far up my alley i can't even stand it i bet he has just fantastic stories i know well now you're making me want to change my answer (laughs) uh well i think it'd be kind of cool to hang out with dr doom like i I think i would pick a villain like like the biggest baddest villain and just if there was a way to guarantee he didn't kill me um just to get the insight on what it's like to be somebody like dr doom would be amazing but beyond that i have no real reasons he is Tay Awesome. He is. Um, well, speaking of Marvel villains, uh, Galactus has just shown up and he is threatening to eat our planet. But he has extended the offer to allow one of us to be his herald if it meant saving the Earth. Would you do it, Pax? Uh, yeah, I would do it. But for some reason, I can't get the uh, story where Aunt May becomes the herald out of my head so it sounds goofy and when i think of it in that retrospect but but yes i would do it yes was that, that was a what if right it was a what if aunt may became the herald it was either a, it was either a what if or it was a uh, one of those uh, associate editor months that marvel used to do or a not brand eck or something <laughs> something like that all right vanessa do you save our planet yeah sure yes yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever what ifs that's cool i mean my life for like seven billion, including my offspring. Yeah, sure, I'd do it. All right, that's good. Yeah, Erica. Yeah, I'd have to do it if you know for for my loved ones. I mean, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I would, <laughs> but I would do it. <laughs> I'd be looking for a way to get out of it the entire time. But yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. it's a loophole. <laughs> All right, a um, couple more. Uh, if you could make a trade between Marvel and DC. So you take one DC character and put him or her in the Marvel universe and a Marvel character and put him or her in the DC universe. Which two would you swap? Um, we'll go back to you, Vanessa. Oh my God. Okay. In my 
best Chris Traeger impersonation. I literally could not think of anyone. We <laughs> <laughs> stumped. I'm sorry. You stumped me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just edit that part out. <laughs> what? My Chris Traeger impersonation? No, no, no. no, no, no you no, have to no. leave that in. I'll leave it in. Leave it in. Uh, Pax. Uh, I came up with a couple of the... It was tough because the the atmospheres are so different amongst them. So it was easier to think of DC ones that I'd like to see in Marvel. And the first one that came to my mind was John Constantine, I think would be great over oh, in Marvel. Yeah. And uh, the other one I thought, which doesn't fit because it's, it's, so, it's such a quintessentially DC villain that I would love to just see what Marvel did with it would be the Joker. Yeah. Joker, Joker would be fun. Uh, did you, so you, but you didn't have a Marvel character that goes to DC? Uh, the only thing that came, well, I mean, no, no, there was not one that I really thought would be a good translation. I thought of, I'd like to see DC handle the Fantastic Four, but DC traditionally hasn't been great with super teams. So I actually like the Fantastic Four, so I'm not sure if I want to bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Erica, do you have any, uh, did I stump you or do you have an answer for this? Um, I have answers. I'm going from Marvel to DC. I would love to see Misty Knight and the Birds of Prey. I think that would be real cool. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Um, And I would put Batwoman in the Marvel Universe. Uh, She's such an interesting character, and I'd like to sort of pluck her out of Gotham. And, uh, I mean, she's she's intimidating and, and kind of a loner, so I think that would be awesome. I'm not totally sure what book I would put her in, but I think you could you could drop her anywhere and it would it would immediately be interesting moon night <laughs> <laughs> land pits if you're listening <laughs> you. night shout out <laughs> no not moon night <laughs> uh i always think dc does pretty good with the cosmic characters and so i i think i mean even though i just brought galactus up i think galactus would be uh uh, fun challenge for DC to deal with the, the DC universe, uh, or or Thanos or somebody like that. Um, I think Marvel does decent with the cosmic characters, but I what I love about Marvel is their more down to earth feel. So I don't always like the big cosmic stuff in the Marvel universe. So I, I think it fits better with DC. And uh, and then and then the character I'd like to see kind of come out of DC and go to Marvel is Captain Marvel. Um, you know, I thought that for like a second. <laughs> sure, now you say that. <laughs> uh, you know, and not just because of the name, but I think he's got he, there's there's something about him like a bit of redundancy in DC with the Superman, and the uh, there's a, like a lot of similarities there. So pulling him out of uh, DC and putting him into Marvel, um, and I do like that boy. Uh, has to be a man or has to act like a man. There's a definite Marvel sort of uh, vibe with his character, I think, that uh, would fit well in that universe. Okay. All right. Um, Let's do one more. No, let's do two more. We're going to do two more. Okay. The first one is, if you could get a commission drawn by any artist right now, who would you get the commission from, and what would you have them draw? This is possibly one of the hardest questions ever, because I know I <laughs> still have no good answer myself. Uh, Erica? This was actually easy for me. Okay. Um, I went with uh, the artist is Steve Ruth, and the character is Agent 355. Hmm. Good choice. Steve. I'd like to see that. Me too. I think it would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Steve, so if you're listening... <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pax, what about you? Uh, yes, this was a very hard one to choose, but uh, the I picked two. I, one number one was uh, John Byrne. I'd want him to draw Superman, Batman for me. And if I couldn't get him, I would want Michael Turner. He's currently, I think, drawing Fathom. But he did. He's done a lot of DC and Marvel work, and I'd want him to draw Flash because well, he, he's done fl- Flash he actually, covers before. Uh, he, he passed away, right? Uh, Michael, did he? Michael Turner didn't he pass away? I didn't think he. Uh, well, if he did, then obviously I'm going with John. So Burke. you would use your time travel, yeah. Jay's Jay's spaceship, and go back in time. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa. Okay, this is 
really, really hard. Um, so, but I think, I think what I want, um, if I could have anything right now, I would want a full body, full color um, pinup uh, of Alice by J.H. Williams because that is his and Greg Rucka's creation. And in the stories, when, back in Detective Comics, you don't get a lot of like just full on, you know, full detailed shots of her. They're always sort of from like different angles. I mean, other than the covers, but they were always sort of split between her and Batwoman. And so I would love to have just like one, you know, full like painting, really well done commission of Alice by J.H. Williams. I think that would be pretty stellar. I would totally hang that in my living room. <laughs> Get get a nice archival acid free frame for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think I did answer this before on a previous episode, and uh, I also am um, a huge fan of Steve Rude and John Byrne, and so it'd be one of the two. Probably, oh, so hard. I'm gonna say right now I would go with Steve Rude, and I would get a Space Ghost. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be interesting. That's just right now. Right. <laughs> At this moment. Right <laughs> At <now>. this moment. <laughs> Ask me again tomorrow and it will be a different answer. <laughs> Ask you right after this podcast. It'll probably be a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. The final question. This is, uh, this is one I thought was kind of interesting. And this is, uh, if, if, if you were going to have your life rebooted or uh, if, you're, if you're happy with life as it is and you just want to have somebody pick up the reins on your title, which writer-artist team do you want in charge? Does that question make sense? Yes. All right. Vanessa. Okay. I would like to have Warren Ellis be the writer and uh, because he's smart and he writes women really well and I I would never be bored. Um, And I think that, and this was the hard part, picking the artist, but for her, her sort of simple, stylish style, uh, I would choose Marley Zarcone as the artist. Good choices. I think that I would be really cool as drawn by Marley Zarcone. Marla, I'll have to, I guess I'm going to have to admit I'm not familiar. She uh, she was the artist uh, for part of the book Forgetless, which was written by Nick Spencer, which was an image book. And uh, she also um, did an issue of Madame Xanadu uh, during the final arc, Extrasensory, uh, when they had a different artist on every book for that final arc. Um, she doesn't. She hasn't done a lot of stuff yet, but hopefully uh, she gets picked up more. But her style is, is very distinct, and it, it is. It's like simple and stylish, and there's something very uh, intriguing about it. I love it. Cool, cool. Uh, Pax? Um, I've mentioned it before. I'm going to say him again. Uh, writing would be John Byrne. Uh, since he's such a great job with Superman, um, I'd want him rebooting my life. Uh, and art, art was really a tough one because there's a lot I like now. And uh, I could have Byrne draw it, but I actually picked uh, Jim Lee to draw it because I have loved his work on the new Justice League comic um, that's out now. It just looks fantastic. And uh, that's that's currently my favorite right now. So your book is going to be perpetually late, is what it sounds like. <laughs> perpetually late. Yeah, that's kind of what I am. <laughs> well, then it's perfect. Exactly. All right. Uh, I, let me jump in real quick, and then we'll end on Erica. Uh, I choose, I always loved that uh, run of Nightwing by Chuck Dixon and Scott McDaniel, and I'm going to go right back to them. I love that uh, high-action uh, uh but still kind of realistic uh, storytelling uh, in the background and good subplots and stuff. So I'm going to go with that team for me, uh, Chuck Dixon, Scott McDaniel. Erica. Cool. Um, for writer, I'd go with Brian Wood. And for artist, it would be Fiona Staples. Um, I would look amazing. And my dialogue would be perfect. Um, Brian Wood, he's another one of those writers. He writes female characters really, really well. And Fiona Staples, she's just got this really elegant queen style that I just find to be beautiful. So I think the combination of those two would make me look really, really good. That's what it is what it's all about. It's about making us all look good as we can, as good as we can. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, I had a great time doing the comic book scenarios. I hope that the rest of you did as well. It was yes. fun. Thank you. Good. Uh, Hell yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so before we 
wrap up, let's move on to the little segment we like to do called Nerd To Do's. And uh, I will start. And uh, I was recently sent a book from uh, Abrams uh, Publishing Company. And it is a book called The Great American Serial Book, How Breakfast Got Its Crunch. And uh, I have just barely flipped through it. And uh, it's like a 360-some page book. And I'm going to, uh, on my to-do list, take a look at it and eventually do a blog and full-on review of that book uh, coming soon. Let's move on to uh, Vanessa for your to-do. One word, cosplay. Cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) Costumes are being collected. Well, parts of costumes are being collected. And so I'm planning on going to Megacon. If I can get all the bits together, then I will do it there, and I can check it off of my list. But actually, it would probably stay on my list for, like, ever. Um, So, But definitely for Dragon Con this year, um, I I, want to cosplay. Can you reveal what the uh, character is going to be? Black Canary. Black Canary. Mm. Good choice. Thank you. Erica. Well, uh, I'll give you a big one and a small one. Um, the big one is uh, San Diego Comic Con. I mean, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, I kind of feel like it's the geek mecca, and I'd like to go, you know, once before I die, just to say I went, see what it was like. And on a much, 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 much smaller scale, I've become really intrigued recently by um, by romance comics. I just think they're a, a, a fascinating genre. And so there's a book, uh, I believe, that just came out that is uh, taking a look back at some of the work that I believe Jack Kirby did on romance books uh, way back in the day. So I'd really like to read that and just kind of learn more about, you know, sort of the history of this particular genre. Yeah, it's an interesting genre. I, I actually wound up getting a few uh, romance comics myself from like my from my dad's roommate from college. He sent me a bunch, and they're they're fun to flip through, uh, like the Millie the model and all those uh, those characters. It's fun. Oh yeah, it's um, and I'm sorry, it's called a uh, Young Romance: The Best of Simon and Kirby's Romance Comics. So Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. So I'll be uh, I'll be getting that soon. Very cool. All right, Pax, you. Um. I believe last time I updated on some Star Wars books I had read, I had got another one that just came out on Tuesday, last Tuesday. It was the new Star Wars Plagueis book. I plan on reading it like in the next day, like starting it in the next day. Um, Phantom Menace comes out in 3D in about three and a half weeks, so I'm kind of excited about that. So I'm wanting to read this book, and I'm going to reread the Phantom Menace novelization before that movie comes out, um, just to kind of prepare um, Number two, and this is something that's been on my nerd to-do list. I haven't mentioned it, but it, I've had it on my list for a long time, is to finally finish reading all of the Frank Baum Oz books. Um, I've read the first couple several times, but it's been several years. So I'm going to, with my Nook, I bought like all of them for like a dollar. And I'm going to start going through and read all 14 of the original Baum Oz books uh, this year. Um, it's my goal. So, uh that is uh, and that is what I plan on doing alright well let's just uh, recap a little bit uh, real quick uh, Vanessa and Erica can you each uh, tell everybody who's listening where they can find you on the internet uh, Vanessa we'll start with you okay uh, you can find me on twitter uh, my handle is uh, sci-fi chick I'll spell it it's p-s-y P-H-I-C-H-I-C. I love Twitter. Um, and <laughs> you can find Yay, Twitter. <laughs> no, something fantastic about limiting people to 140 characters, uh, including myself. Um, also, uh, at the blog, girls-gone-geek.com, obviously. And uh, we have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com, and we're just Girls Gone Geek on there. And we are very active on Facebook. We love to talk to you, so please come talk to us. Uh, and we also have a, a Girls Gone Geek Twitter, which Erica and I both participate in. And uh, the handle for that is girls-gone-geek, uh, you know, at Twitter or whatever. Um, so, yeah, and I now go to you, Erica. I think you covered everything. Um, I, I, did I? That's right. Yeah. But Erica is also, she, she's the most af- active on the Facebook page. So if you want to engage her, that, that would be the place to do it. And, of course, like I said, the blog. We, we um, 
are very, very, very good about responding to our comments. We like to talk to you guys. One thing I wanted to mention is Vanessa and I both do reviews for Newsarama. Um, we're part of the Best Shots review team. So um, so check check out newsarama.com and chances are uh, one or both of us will have uh, some comic book reviews. Yep. Mondays, Thursdays, uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays are the days we usually post. So, Yep. Check them out. So we'll, uh, we'll put all that information on the blog as well. Um, so if you didn't uh, write that down, you can go find them from nerdlunch.net. Uh, Pax, why don't you uh, hit us up with your contact info? Yeah, I, uh, my blog is at the cavalcade, just cavalcadeofawesome.net. Um, I am, my Twitter is just at Paxton Holly, P-A-X-T-O-N-H-O-L-L-E-Y. Um, and uh, I don't believe, yeah, the blog doesn't have a Facebook page. Get on that. I, 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 it's on eh, nerd to do list. <laughs> nerd to do. Get a Facebook page for the cavalcade. <laughs> All right, and you can go to uh, Nerd Lunch's blog at nerdlunch.net. I am on Twitter at nerdlunch, and Nerd Lunch has a Facebook and Google Plus page, so you can like and plus us there. This Nerd Lunch podcast is a part of the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. Please do feel free to check out theatomicgeeks.com for more information on the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network and the other podcasts that are a part of it, including the Atomic Geeks. And let's hear from one of them to find out what's happening on their next episode. Hello, Nerd Lunch listeners. It's Andrew Bloom from the Atomic Geeks. And next week, the Atomic Geeks will be celebrating their wonderful life. Find it on iTunes. And find it on iTunes and other places. Fine, put that in. Find it on iTunes and other places that have things with tunes. That sounds great i think i'm looking forward to it uh also be sure to check out the other podcast the classic film jerks it is also very good and worth listening to it if you are listening to this right now then statistically speaking it's likely you got it from itunes if so we would love it if you gave us an itunes review please 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 again on behalf of pax and our guests i thank you again for listening kapla This has been Nerd Lunch, a part of the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. Nerd Lunch theme by Rick Jackson. Music by Flannel Time. Please place all trash in the receptacle. Thank you.